Good morning and welcome to this, our devotional for August 14th. We'll turn today to the passage uh, in the lectionary from the Gospel of Mark, but let us first listen to some beautiful music, quiet our hearts and our minds, and prepare ourselves for today's devotional. As I said, the gospel lesson today comes to us from the gospel of Mark. It's in the ninth chapter and it's at the 42nd verse. This is a passage of scripture that we sort of would rather avoid. It's we'd likely to want to steer clear of. And I'm just so grateful for the lectionary because it sort of pushes us into passages and places in the Bible that we might otherwise avoid because they seem difficult. And I, I really believe that wrestling with these passages can give us a deeper and more resilient faith. They can give us a more comprehensive picture of Jesus' instructions to his disciples and, of course, by extension to us. So with that caveat, let us now turn to Mark 9, beginning at the 42nd verse. 
If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In this passage, we have Jesus using shocking and graphic language. He's warning his disciples about the consequences of sin, particularly the sin that interferes with the faith of others. This is difficult language for us to digest. We speak so much about love and forgiveness. This talk about self-mutilation and the fire of hell is difficult to hear. Some might question whether Jesus means that we should literally cut off our feet and hands and gouge out our eyes to keep ourselves from sinning. From my perspective and through the study of the passage I did this week, it became clear to me that while these words may not be intended to be taken literally, Jesus is using this language in the hopes that the disciples will take them seriously. It is a serious thing to interfere with the faith of others. What we do, what we say, it matters. The passage from today is preceded by the disciples arguing about who is the greatest and then complaining about someone who's casting out demons in Jesus' name. They are competitive, angling for position, and they are fearful, presuming to question the actions of others in an effort to keep themselves and Jesus safe from harm. The truth is this competition, this self-protecting instinct, this fear, it drives wedges amongst them and between them and everyone else. And what Jesus wants from them, the goal is for them to be at peace, at peace with one another, at peace in the world. The two final lines of the passage explain why we must cut away the sin in our lives that would have us be in competition with others that would lead us to cause harm to others. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So we are left to wonder, how do we stay salty? That is to say, how do we remain humble and gracious and loving and pure in our faith? I think this is daily work and, and that the pathway to the peace that Jesus offers is hard work. It's countercultural. It's demanding. 
I watched a powerful documentary on PBS this week called The Interrupters about ex-gang members in Chicago who've dedicated their lives to interrupting gang violence. These men and women were raised in a community so broken by violence, living in a constant state of trauma. Many of them have lost their parents to an early death or prison. For children in this community, violence is the only thing they know. And yet these former gang members, by the grace of God, they've broken out of the cycle of violence and now they go into places where a violent crime has taken place and they speak to those grieving about laying down their weapons, about surrendering their need for vengeance. These interrupters, they speak to the angry and the grieving family and friends of the dead about how the cycle of violence has no end the interrupters speak to them about hope and peace. They're just trying to stop the killing. They're just trying to save a life. In a community where the only safety seems to be in taking sides, these people have chosen to cut the millstone from their neck and to move away from death into life. They have chosen to speak a different language, to speak peace. And it starts with listening trying to get people to laugh. They have slow and patient conversations in which they seek reconciliation and commonality and forgiveness. They ask everyone to lay down their guns. God's kingdom brings peace and harmony to relationships. And that peace, it shows the world, it reflects to the world, the character of God's kingdom. Each day, each moment, we must remember that what we do matters. Our words and our actions can divide or they can mend. We can build walls or we can build bridges. And it's really hard work. It is, in many ways, the work of this life. How do we stay salty? That is to say, how do we remain humble and gracious and loving and pure in our faith? When we feel angry with someone else, we can be curious enough to wonder about their perspective, their feelings. We can be humble enough to consider that we might not hold all of the truth in our own hands. We can be gracious enough to forgive. We can be loving enough to pray for those who have hurt or angered us. Friends, this is hard work, but we can do all of this through Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, God of peace and harmony, help us to seek reconciliation. Give us the fortitude to forgive. Aid us in our efforts to make our words and our actions a reflection of you and your kingdom. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.